Hello, and welcome to the Biotech 2050 podcast. Biotech 2050 is a think tank chronicling the disruptions changing the biotech industry over the next several decades. Check out our website at biotech2050.com. I'm Rahul Chaturvedi, one of today's co-hosts. I'm also the founder and CEO of Clora. Clora is organizing the world's life sciences expertise and is the place to discover, build, and manage on-demand life science teams. My name is Alok Tai. I'm the VP of Life Sciences at Ignite, and we're a secure content platform focused on key global industries. I'm one of today's other co-hosts, and I would love to thank you all for joining us today. We're having a really special episode today that's really focused on wrapping up and completing our first season for Biotech 2050. Rahul and I are really excited to have today's session, which marks effectively one year that we've been doing Biotech 2050. At the end of the day, I think the key message we want to sort of send home to you all is one of thanks. We'd love to thank you, our listeners. We'd love to thank our guests, as well as our partners who have helped us build Biotech 2050 over the past year or so. We've seen a tremendous amount of growth and excitement around both the life sciences industry, as well as had some really amazing conversations. You know, Rahul, I'm really curious to hear which of the guests and interviews you enjoyed the most. I think some of the early ones hold a special place in my heart just because we were just getting started out and folks put a lot of trust in the platform and what we were trying to do. So a special shout out to Joe Viney, to Grace Cologne, to Carl DeChico, and a number of the other folks that in the early days uh, were willing to come on the podcast and share their impressive careers and backgrounds with us. I think one thing that is clear is that biotech is growing faster than ever before. We've now recorded a number of episodes since the pandemic began earlier this year. And I think that the common thread, unsurprisingly, is that every single biotech has had to adjust in how they operate. However, the stark difference, I think, in in our industry relative to many other industries as a sector has been that irrespective of the challenges that we're facing, there is still a way for us to continue pushing ahead. And the sector uh, is full steam ahead. I think the fundamental value proposition of the space, which is to obviously improve human health, has never been clearer and stronger. And I think that's been reflected in the in the pace of execution at the companies that our guests hold leadership positions at. Yeah, you know, I think it's been really interesting to sort of see how the industry has also evolved, especially through this pandemic. You know, from your vantage point, what do you feel like are going to be the key shifts that will stay with the industry and stay with how we operate as a life sciences domain? In, a, in many ways, and we've said this on a number of podcasts, we're in the in the golden age of biotech from the perspective of new treatment modalities that are being interrogated. Uh, However, we as an industry generally have been slow to adopt software relative to other industries. And I think what's been really exciting to me has been that in many ways, a lot of those frustrations that I had been having around development and some of the roadblocks that we face when we are trying to bring new therapies to market faster have been lifted and really applaud our industry for being very thoughtful about what needs to change in terms of how we operate in this new normal. So I think some of the things that I hope uh, that, and I actually think the we're, we're seeing this already that will outlast the pandemic are things like virtual clinical trials. And why that's important is that virtual clinical trials drive or improve access to patients in need. And they also, with the software that's now being built, enable higher patient compliance and drive higher engagement in a patient population. I think the second thing that's been really exciting has been 
faster hiring as a result of companies, leadership, HR groups being more open to remote work. And I think in biotech, there's a, there's a spectrum. There are some of the folks that have always wanted to have folks in-house and you know have a lot of face time. And obviously, we haven't been able to, to do that over the last couple of months. And I, I think we're, we're seeing a trend now where we just want to access the best that's out there because of things like Zoom. You're now able to get relatively close to what it is like to engage with team members uh, face-to-face. And so I think that's, that's something else. Alok, what were your thoughts on telemedicine as a whole and what's interesting that you're seeing over there? Yeah, you know, it's uh, an interesting uh, question because I think historically telemed, whether it be for general healthcare or even from for the clinical trial process, wasn't really used all that heavily. But we're seeing some really interesting trends and uh, reminded of an interview we did with Ibs Mahmood from AMO Pharma, where for their clinical programs, they've actually historically run both the patient visits in person and via telemedicine in parallel such that if lockdown ever became an issue again, they would have the clinical data to demonstrate rough equivalency, right, in outcomes. So it's interesting that uh, companies are also taking a unique approach to proving out those ways of treating patients and, and keeping the trial going. Yeah, that's a great point. And you know, what, one other thing I'd be remiss not to mention regulatory agencies and how they've had to adapt as well and been really impressed with obviously the US FDA and many other regulatory bodies that now understand obviously the importance of getting a vaccine out. And I hope that mentality, obviously keeping patient safety in mind permeates to other therapeutic areas as well so that we don't have to wait 10 to 14 years to get a new therapy to market. I imagine a world in which we've built effective software operating systems and methodologies to shorten that dramatically in the next decade. Alok, would love to hear your thoughts on what you've been seeing from a financing perspective in in the life sciences sector and any interesting uh, trends that you wanted to call out there. What I'd say is that when you juxtapose the life sciences industry and the financing component of it today compared to, say, a decade ago, the conservatism and the limited quantity of capital has seemingly gone away as constraints. And we're seeing whether it be in private markets, in public markets, a deluge of capital coming from effectively all sources coming into the space. You see folks, even in the private equity side, coming in and also taking pretty large stakes in pre-IPO companies, as well as doing large, uh, unique deals for companies that are publicly traded as well. Um, and I think it's, I'd be remiss uh, if I didn't mention, you know, the emergence of SPACs as well and how these um, new vehicles are enabling, one, the aggregation of large quantities of capital, but then also the deployment of them for unique assets and institutions. So I think the access to capital in both private and public markets has been astounding. It's also been, I think, really great to see how the broader investment community has rallied around the industry and the solutions they're trying to bring to market. And I think is also a unique facet of being in a sort of a low interest rate environment that we're in at the moment. So I think that's sort of the one of the key observations I've seen. And I think for good teams with good ideas, there should be a measurable amount of capital in the space. But, you know, Rahul, the other area that I personally am really excited about that I think uh, we tried to emphasize and invest in this season uh, was this aspect of diversity. And so, you know, you mentioned a couple of the folks that we were really proud to have on, folks like Joe Viney and Grace Cologne, but also uh, Joel Silva from Pfizer and Colleen Cutliffe from Pendulum and Kathy Bishop from Locana, amongst others. 
you know, we really see a critical need to help diversify the life sciences industry, the executive management and the founding teams to be able to bring new personalities, new perspectives to the table to help enrich the overall ecosystem. So, you know, I think uh, that was the other piece that we saw that was really interesting beyond just the financing was that it's not only about the dollars, but also about the people who are at the table innovating. And so that's, I think, another theme that you'll see more of. And I know you're going to comment about that for our next season as well. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that. You know, A, I wanted to just echo Alok's thoughts. Thank you so much for listening. Our distribution list has grown now to well north of 10,000 folks. And for next season, what we're planning to do is get a little bit more focused around particular areas that we think our listeners are interested in. Uh, we think there's not a lot of coverage around. So one is the role that software is playing in biotech. We'll also do some deep dives into particular therapeutic areas and treatment modalities, all with the purpose of sharing lessons learned and make sure that we're not making the same mistakes over and over and have a medium by which we can we can share those in a, in a safe environment. I think, as Alok mentioned, the slow but growing trend of remarkable female leaders, we obviously want to see that continue to accelerate and we'll bring on some remarkable female leaders that are in the biotech ecosystem. And then uh, we'll also be kicking off a, a few panels. And so if you're interested in particular topics that you think are worth covering, that you think we should cover, please do let us know. We're currently thinking about a couple of things like clinical development, clinical operations, reg affairs, et cetera, but particular themes that are of interest to you, please do drop us a note. Yeah, so, you know, I think with that, I would love to thank you all uh, for your support, for your ears, as well as for your engagement as well. You know, whether it's on Twitter or Biotech 2050's LinkedIn page, we really appreciate everyone's engagement and encourage you to continue to interact with us. And so if you have interesting ideas for guests or topics or things that you think we should be doing differently, highly encourage everyone to visit our webpage biotech2050.com and click the participate button. And we'd love to hear from you all. So from Rahul and I and the Biotech 2050 team, we'd love to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for such a great first season and look forward to sharing more insights and observations with you in season two coming up soon. Thanks so much. Happy holidays. Stay safe.